Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. This program is all about helping you thrive in some of the most challenging coaching situations. Our aim is to support you in bringing your coaching to the next level, whether you're new to coaching or you're already an expert professional. Welcome to the Excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Burus, and today I am very pleased to interview Betty Cole, Betsy Cole. Betsy, tell us a little bit what brought you to coaching. Well, Katrina, uh, I think I was a natural coach. In my college years, I studied psychology and sociology. I was always interested in how people learn and grow and also also interested in how the systems and structures that we live in hold us in place. So um, that's been a passion of mine since my college years. And then what did you do after your college years? Well, I did the usual thing, which was to get married and have children and move around the country and uh, started some part-time jobs. And then I ended up um, in a corporate career um, in salary administration. And that was the beginning of my learning about um, people, careers, and jobs. And that was the sort of the start of my passion to help people find their true passion and to get, get paid for whatever it is they love to do. And you did a PhD at the same institution I did at the Fielding Graduate University. I absolutely did. I um, had my corporate career. I was in charge of learning and organization development and it became clear to me that training programs didn't really change behavior. And so Fielding's program on human and organization systems uh, was ideal for me as a way to continue to explore how individuals grow and develop within the systems. So I guess we both have the same PhD on human and organizational systems. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Great. So tell us what was your biggest challenge in your life and how did you overcome it? I think my, the biggest challenge in my life as I reflect on it was uh, mustering up the courage uh, to leave a marriage that was not uh, a healthy one. And I was fairly young at that time and had two small children, they were eight and 10, um, and it was a real struggle. It was a struggle to find myself. At that point, I had no sense of a career, no sense of my skills, I had no money. I, I say I was sort of felt helpless and hopeless, but I was lucky enough to uh, go to a life-changing career workshop, which significantly changed my life because I walked out of it three days later with a sense of who I was, what my skills would be, how I could be employed, how to do a job search. And that workshop was inspiring on two levels. Uh, part of me was saying, gee, this is fun. I, I like being with adults on a weekend and learning and growing together. Uh, and the other part was seeing how transformative it could be as a way of helping people learn and grow and get uh, in touch with their passion. Well, you mentioned that you were head of learning and development for a corporation, but they didn't change much. What made this workshop be different and that it was so transformative? Uh, well, as an adult learner, I came in with desperate for uh, specific help. 
And so I had my own needs that were being met. And this particular workshop met those needs and gave me practice in interviewing skills and gave me the tools to actually do a job search and find the beginning of my career. And what are you passionate about today? Well, I continue to uh, be passionate about helping people learn and grow. And I often say have fun in the process because I think learning although it can be challenging, can also be fun if you enter it with a spirit of curiosity. But I'm particularly passionate about people, helping people really get in touch with the vitality of life that lives within them. Um, and this sometimes needs a, a kickstart in the second half of life as people maybe complete their money-making careers and that, but are still looking at 20 or 30 years of life ahead of them and tr really trying to get in touch with what am I passionate about? What do I care about? So I, I like to help people continue to learn and grow and tap into their own vitality. Tell us what, make, what you make sure is present so that it's most effective because you mentioned with the seminars where people don't work change that much so what is it about the process you do now that makes sure that it's quite transformative ah uh, that's a, a rich and deep question so i think the idea is that in most training programs what we're exposed to is new ideas or new knowledge or new thoughts and thoughts are great they're great for awareness um but they don't really change behavior. And what I'm interested in is in helping people to really get in touch with their body. I'm trained as a somatic coach, so I'm interested in the living body and its wholeness and help people really tap into their feelings and to the ways that they've contracted against life and help them learn how to op open that up and engage in really not only identifying their longing, what is it they really want and care about, but what are the practices and habits they've formed over their lifetime and what are they engaging in that's either supporting them in moving toward their longing or getting in the way of it. And together we come up with new practices that will help move them toward um, in being in touch and achieving their longing. So tell us a little bit about the process of somatic coaching. Somatic coaching starts with, uh, I mean, it honors, quite frankly, the life of the body. So many, many people have gone through life being really brilliant and smart and living in their heads and have kind of cut themselves off at the neck and haven't really paid attention to the life and life energy and feelings and, uh, that, that live in the body. And so part of somatic coaching is to help people uh, recognize where they're contracted. We, we all are hardwired to seek safety and belonging throughout our lives. And often, um, given the, the throes and difficulties of life, we, we will arm ourselves or we will contract. And then that becomes a pattern or a habit, and it cuts off our life energy. So... You know, a lot of it is about helping people just learn uh, to feel their body, to feel where they've contracted, to feel what it's like to open up and, and be able to move uh, in a different way. And that's the foundation of the work, I would say. So distinguish between feeling your body when you're an athlete, because you're very much in tune to your body, 
and somatic coaching. How do you feel your body in the same way or differently? Well, in somatic coaching, when we talk about the life of the body or the living body and its wholeness, it's not only our muscles and bones and structure that we think of as the body, but it's also our mood. Uh, can we manage our moods? Can we choose our moods? Can we shift our moods? Uh, it's our capacity to learn and grow. It's our capacity to coordinate action. It's our capacity to have effective conversations. Um, so it's all those things. Um, and it's the first learning comes with awareness of yourself because you can't have productive conversations with other people if, let's say, you're living in a contracted, stressful, reactive mode all the time. Our societies conspire to keep us on hyper alert and hyper arousal, and certainly our corporations conspire to keep us in a pretty stressed state. So a lot of it is learning, you know, what is my particular stress reaction? How do I contract? And what kind of practices, often meditation, breathing practices, uh, can help with catching yourself in the moment, shifting your position or your body, breathing deeply into your body, relaxing the stuck places so that you can be more aware and make different and better choices in the moment rather than just a habitual reactive choice. There is a lot of talk about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, how much of the mindful approach do you use? I would say it's all about mindfulness. It's a constant practice. First of all, part of mindfulness is just bringing attention. You know, energy follows awareness. And so where do we put our awareness? Are we constantly distracted or are we able to be really present with ourselves and with others? Uh, certainly helping people to begin a meditation practice is important because that trains the mind to keep coming back to present, come back to present. Our minds are hardwired to generate lots of thoughts and ideas and lots of distractions but we're most centered and most present when we can bring it back to center. And then just mindfulness in everyday life. A colleague of mine yesterday said he's practicing mindfulness by in his when he drives, just using that as a practice to be fully attentive to his feelings and the, what's going on on the road and not listening to the radio, not having phone calls, not doing other things, but practicing mindfulness in that way. And explain to our listeners some of the benefits of mindfulness. Oh, the benefits of mindfulness have been well-researched and well-documented. The, the actual practice of meditation and breathing changes the structures in our brains uh, and actually builds our capacity for connection and compassion with others. Uh, it also, very quickly, if you're in a regular mindfulness practice, you begin to learn to calm the mind. Um, often people who are highly anxious or fearful, they'll, they'll live in the thoughts of the mind, which are the, either ruminating on the past or being imagining a future, um, neither of which are present at the moment. And so really getting in touch with your body and breathing and slowing the mind gives you that opportunity for a pause and an opportunity to be present, and an opportunity to make better choices. Wonderful. Tell us, Betsy, what is your ideal client? 
Well, I've had a corporate uh, career working with uh, highly technical leaders in corporations, uh, often uh, scientists and engineers in, in the biotech space, and that's been wonderful um, for me. I love I love working with highly bright technical people and helping them move to connect with people and connect with relationships um, uh, in in that work to realize how important people are. But today, I would say that my favorite client, I'm either working with coaches who are on a development track themselves, or people in the second half of life who are really just wondering, who am I now that I'm no longer whatever their job title was, um, searching for identity, searching for purpose. And I think that's a theme that comes up in our 30s and our 40s and our 50s. But by the time, time we reach our 60s, uh, it comes up really big time because people see there's an end uh, to the tunnel uh, that they won't live forever. And they're, most humans are really wanting to have make a contribution in some way that's meaningful to them. Very well. And what do you feel was your biggest success? That's a, <laughs> that's a tough question. I've had many different kinds of successes over, over my life. Um, I love to see, to be with clients who really take on new practices and really do grow and change and, and really change their life. That, that for me feels like success. I think in my own personal life, I've had many transitions and many changes. And I think uh, I've been in a continual place of reinventing myself. So I think building my own business and being successful at it has been a, and, and, and building a business that I'm passionate about and being successful at that has been, gives me great gratification and I'm grateful for it. And I must say, Betsy, that you're a lifelong learner for sure. <laughs> I think we have a common passion to keep learning. Yes, that's true. So what last tip would you give to young leaders? I would suggest that young leaders begin to be open to the life of their body and to really listening to the wisdom that's in their body so that they can and use that vast storehouse of information. Um, and that would allow them to tap into what they're passionate about, what they care about, what they're longing for. And if you set your star and your life work in that direction, you'll, I think you'll have a happy life. So what concrete tip could you give these young leaders to, to get better contact with their bodies? What, what should they do? Should they meditate every morning? Should they try you know, to, you know, concentrate you know, on their breathing? You know, what, what would you, you know, suggest? You know, you know, yeah, I would, you know, I would you say know, definitely you know, start you know, to investigate you know, and explore you know, the you know, whole realm you know. of mindfulness and breathing and meditation. And if you can begin to start a meditation practice, even five or ten minutes a day, I think it will pay huge dividends. Okay, thank you very much, Betsy. This is uh, most useful for our listeners. Thank you very much. Where can people get in contact with you? Um, I'm in the United States in the Boston area, so people can uh, go to my website, www.bcolecoaching.com. They can call me in the States at 781-899-0480. Uh, or they can email me at betsy at becolecoaching.com. Great. Thank you so very much. Thank You're you. Very- and I encourage all our listeners to connect with you for this lifelong learner that I know you as, Betsy. 
Thanks for listening to the excellent Executive Coaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to all future podcasts at excellentexecutivecoaching.com and sign up for monthly newsletters featuring all the latest tips and techniques to bring your coaching to the next level. Join us again soon. And until then, bye for now. Thank you.